Knowing the power of faith, that kind of fits right into where the direction the services has started today. But knowing the power of faith. And many of you here know the power of faith. If you're a born-again child of God, you have exercised faith or implemented faith in your life, right? Uh, Ephesians 2 says that we, before we became a child of God, we were children of wrath, right? Or other translations say we were, we were all children of judgment because we had done wrong and God is a holy and a just God and, and he's a just God. That means he's fair, that means if you've done wrong, somebody has to pay that price. <clears throat> and, and it's our choice whether we want to stand and receive that penalty ourselves or if we want to ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and forgive us of all of our sins and wash us clean and take all of our penalties and putting them on the cross. All right? Does that make sense? All right, so we have that choice, and everybody, has, everybody makes that choice. You know, if you're here today, and, and you've never received Christ, and you say no to Christ, you made a choice to stand for your own penalties. You're making that choice if you say no to Christ. Or, if you say yes to Christ, God takes all of your sins. The, the Scripture literally says He takes all of our sins, and He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. How many of you are so thankful for the sea of forgetfulness today? <clears throat> Lord, glory to God, I am. <clears throat> I am so thankful for the sea of forgetfulness. Amen. The scripture says he will actually take our sins and he'll move them as far as the east is from the west. And that is a long way. And I'm so thankful that Christ died on the cross for me so that I wouldn't have to pay for all of my silly, stupid, crazy mistakes that I've made throughout my entire life. Amen. 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 So, so back to knowing the power of faith. So if you're a child of God, if you've received Christ, you were a children of judgment. But now Ephesians 2 says that now you are children of God. Because of, the scripture also says, and if he, because of God's grace, something that you can't buy, you can't buy God's grace, you can't earn God's grace. The only way you can have God's grace is to receive it. So if you're a child of God today, you, you became a child of God by God's grace and your faith, okay? You had something to say about it. Of course, we all know that God had something to say about it with his grace and Jesus dying on the cross, but you had something to say about it also. Now, let me, let me just, I'm, gonna, I'm wanting to break this down this morning so we fully understand the, the power of faith and understand what faith is. Now, see, before you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I'll even go this far, before you ever heard the name of Jesus, before you ever heard that, the promise was already bought and paid for for you to become a child of God. Amen. All right? It was already done. It didn't just happen whenever you finally found out about it. That's when faith started growing inside of you. When you first started to hear 
about what Jesus done on the cross and you started hearing about a, a loving God and you started to hear these things, that's when faith started to grow inside of you. And I re I'll never forget before I got saved, I, uh, you know, a, a gentleman, Marlon Manning, he told me that God had a plan for his life. I had never realized that before and I really thought that I had went too far away from God before, farther than God would ever take me back. Has anybody ever felt that way? That you've just went too far too long? Well, you haven't. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, the Scripture says, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So, so now over, over the years, let's just be honest. We can't be honest, you know, here. Why, where can we be honest at? The truth is that the, the message of faith and the, words, the word of faith, the preaching of faith has got a bad rap over the years. It's been abused just like any and everything else. The, you know, the prosperity word, it has been abused over the years. There's all types of different uh, biblical principles and promises that have been abused over the years. So like I always say, we need to stay in the middle of the road. We need to stay with the Word of God. We don't want to get on the ditch on one side and have zero faith. And we don't want to get on the ditch on the other side and be jumping off buildings and hoping God is going to sprout wings before we hit the ground. Right? No. We don't have to be on, in the ditch on one side or the other side. We can stay with the Word of God. And the principles that he has showed us, we can stay in the middle of the road. And then we got the best of both worlds. You see, if, if you don't have any faith, let me tell you what happens if you don't have any faith. If you don't have any faith, nobody gets saved. If you don't have any faith, nobody gets healed, right? Hey, once again, if, you, if God has healed you at some point in your life, raise your hand real quick. Up real quick, 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 quick. If we, if we did not have faith or didn't talk about faith or preach faith, nobody would get healed. How many of you have been delivered by drugs or alcohol over the years? Raise your hand real quick. I'll raise my hand on that one. Look at all the hands. See, if we don't preach faith and the faith in Jesus Christ, nobody gets delivered. And it don't matter if it's pornography or, or gossip or whatever you need delivered from. The blood of Christ is, and, and your faith will deliver you and can deliver you. Amen. Amen. It's true. Now, here's the danger of not knowing the power of faith and understanding faith is that you can be a child of God and you can be on your way to heaven and, you, and not walk in any of the blessings of God here upon this earth. You can, you can be broke. You can, be, you can be sick, you can be in all kinds of bodies and all kinds of addiction and still be a child of God and headed to heaven. But see, it's when we find out what Christ has bought and paid for us and when we find out all of the promises and the blessings that was bought and paid for us and that God gave us when we become his child, that's when everything starts to change, right? Right? Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I preached a message on lost inheritance, or was it unclaimed inheritances, I think, about all these billions of dollars in, in Illinois that could even be people that are sitting here, but their inheritances that was bought and paid for, but individuals know nothing about them. Well, let me tell you, if you're a born-again child of God, 
and you never open your Bible, that's you. If you're a born-again child of God and you never read the New Testament, God's new will in the New Testament for you, you're just like the person that has a million dollars waiting at Illinois. And, well, no, you probably wouldn't get it from Illinois. Uh, let's say you used to live in Missouri. No, hey, Indiana. i tell you what, we was coming back from Ohio here a while back, and I, I love to share this. And we was coming back and a big billboard that said, the state of Indiana, balanced budget since 2008. You know, Indiana, that's not some foreign country. It's just right over there. So it can be done, right? All right, all right. So anyway, how'd I get on that? Well, anyway, where was I? <clears throat> I don't know where I am. Inherited, yeah. So, so maybe... Uh, so maybe you used to live in Indiana and you got a million dollars coming to you, but you know nothing about it. You don't know anything about it. Well, like, let me repeat, that is you if you're a born-again believer, if you never open up the Word of God and find out what's in the New Testament for you because it's yours. Bought and paid for. And, and you earned it when you became a child of God. Now... We'll, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Romans 4.17. Romans 4.17. I hope you've got your Bibles with you. If not, get out your phone. You kids got any phones? Does anybody have a phone? I got one. No, I don't have it with me. Anyway, Romans 4.17. We're going to look at a couple of things here. Romans 4.17. This is talking about Abraham. And how he became the father of many nations and hope if we have time, which we probably won't. But if we have time, we might even get to Sarah and see what she, had, what she did to move the hand of God and how she received the blessing of God. How she, but right now we're going to look and see how, how Abraham did. And it says, Out, as it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him who believed... Even God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence that which does not exist. Now, let's stay there just for a moment. It says, the father of many nations have I made you. And that's what God told Abraham. So, notice what it says. It says, in the presence of him whom he believed. So, what did Abraham do when God told him that? He believed, Right? He didn't, say, he didn't say, no, I'm 100 years old, I'm too old, I'm broken down, and my goodness, look at my wife Sarah, how old was she? Was she 90? I think she was 90. So he was 100 years old, and she was, she was 90 years old. They didn't say, well, they did think it because they seen it, and we'll look at that here in just a minute. But instead of doing that, they just believed God. You know, sometimes we make this stuff way too complicated. Sometimes we just need to believe God. You know, sometimes we need to forget about all these crazy things. You know, the Bible actually says that everything that we see one day will be completely gone. If you see it, it will be gone. Completely gone. The Bible says the things that we don't see, talking about the things of the Spirit, those are the things that are going to last forever. 
those are the things that'll, that'll be, that we will be contending with. Those are, that's the world that we'll be living in when all of this stuff is all gone. We'll still be alive and still living in that world that we do not see. It's true. Let's go ahead. Uh, let's see. Hold on just a minute. Now, I love this part. In the presence of him whom he believed. So, Abraham believed in him. Notice the capital H. That's talking about God. So, Abraham believed in God. Now, notice this. Even God, who get, I love this, who gives life to the dead. Now, that's talking in the, in the spirit realm. See, before you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were spiritually dead. You were separated from Christ. You had none of God, none of God in you. You was completely separated from Christ. So you were spiritually dead. Now notice this. So he gave you life because he gives life to the dead, right? Now this is the part I love. Who calls into being that which does not exist. I love that. See, he called, he called you into being. He called you to be one of his children and you wasn't one of his children, Right? It's true. Let's go on to 18. Do we have all that? I really wasn't planning on you having that scripture this morning. I'm kind of impressed. Did I give it to somebody? I did? Oh, wow. I'm more efficient than I thought I was. All right. So anyway, now, so it goes on to tell us what Abraham did. Notice, in hope against hope, what did he do? He believed. He had hope. But see, hope wasn't enough. You know, I, I, we, have, we have hope in all kinds of things, right? But see, hope is not enough. Hope is where it starts. Actually, the Bible says if we have no hope, we're, we're sick on the inside. It says, actually says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And you've seen hopeless situations, right? And, and it's just terrible. I hate hopeless situations. But let me tell you, if, if you invite Jesus Christ into that situation, there are no hopeless situations. Amen. Amen. Everything changes when you open that door. Everything changes when you open your heart. Everything changes when you bow your knee. Ah, you guys aren't listening. All right. It says in hope against hope, he believed. Now, now why did he believe? So that he might become. He believed for a reason. Right? He believed for a reason. See, he had, he had a hope, but he believed, it says there, that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. And that's big and bold because that's what was spoken to him by God. Now, this is a very important point, okay? So, so he had hope. We know he had hope. But what he had, hope alone is not enough. See, you can hope for all kinds of things that are, that are not in the Word of God, and you can hope for things that are not God's will. You know that? Sure we can. We can hope for anything. But it don't mean it's God's will, right? So, you know, so that's why, I really think that's why a lot of times the, the faith message has really kind of uh, got a bad rap because it's just, oh, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm believing for this, I'm, I'm doing, I'm just, I'm doing this. No, no, no. We have to have hope. Hope is what gets us up in the morning. Hope is what makes us put our clothes on and walk out the door in the, mor in the morning. But our faith 
And active biblical faith has to be based upon God's word. And if it's not written here in God's word, you, you really should not be believing for it. You know, you shouldn't be claiming things that are not biblically based in God's word. You know, there's, I'm sure many of you have heard about the name it and claim it bunch. Well, you should not be naming and claiming things that are not in the scriptures. If it's not, if it's not a part of the blessings of Abraham, and if it's not part of the work that was done when Jesus Christ died on the cross, you don't have any business bringing God into that. That's all on you. But here's the thing. Here's what we need to know. But if we can keep our hope and our faith based upon God's word, then we got something. That changes everything. And see what's happened over the years, we've got people over here saying that they're in faith, but they have no, they have no foundation, they have no, no support for their faith whatsoever because it's not in the, it's not in the Word. Uh, let, me, let me turn to Hebrews 11.1. You got that off the fact. You don't have that, do you? Huh? No. I couldn't believe it that you had that while ago. Hebrews 11, 1, let me just quote it. It says, faith is the substance, notice, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay, that's part one of faith. It's what you have hope for. There is a time in your life, if you're a born-again child of God, there is a time, Hebrews 11, 1, there is a time in your life, if you're a born-again child of God, that you had a hope to be forgiven of your sins. You had a hope of making heaven your home and not going to hell. That was your hope. And you started to see that, that there was a possibility that my sins could be forgiven, that I could go to heaven. And you started to see that. But then when, and, and it goes on to say that faith is the substance of things hoped for, but then it says, and the evidence of things not seen. So what's your evidence? What is it? It's the Word of God. It's the Word. This is our evidence. So we can have all kinds of, we can have all kinds of hope, but if we don't have a foundation to hold our faith up, if we don't have evidence, if we don't have a proof, we don't have faith. All we got is hope, and, you'll, and you won't receive from God with just hope. It takes faith to receive God, to receive from God, just like it did when you got, got saved. You had to have faith, right? That's what the scripture says. You see, and this is why it's so important that we have a foundation for our faith, something we can stand on, something that'll hold you up, something that'll support you. You want me to tell you why? You want to know why you got to have a support system for your faith? Because the devil will come and try to take every promise away from you unless you've got something that you can stand on. He'll take it from you. There, there's many of you here today that you're hearing this word, this word of God and, you're, and we're reading the scriptures and stuff. But before you get to the car, the devil will have you talked out of it. True. True. There, there's people here today that's heard every word that Carlin said about the, about the power of God to change him and he couldn't do it on his own, but he knew that, but he found out that if God was with him, he could do it. There's people that needed to hear that today. 
And the devil will have you talked out of it before you get to your car. That's why you've got to have a foundation for your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's where it comes from. All right. Hebrews 11.11. Somebody look that up. Hebrews 11.11. All right. It says, uh, let, me, let me read it. You're a good man. Get up here. Now, if I can get enough light. <laughs> Hebrews. Hebrews 11.11. This is talking about Sarah. Now, notice this. Hebrews 11.11. For those of you who don't know, uh, this, is, uh, this is what they call the, the hall, of, hall, of, uh, hall of Fame of Faith. And Sarah's in there. And I think there's eight different ones or maybe 11 different ones in the Hall of Fame. And it says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past the childbearing age. Very simple. She was too old. Well, there are things that God wants you to do that you can't do either. You see, God wanted Sarah to have a baby. She was going to be the, be, be the mother of Isaac, right? She was Abraham's wife, right? So God wanted her to be the mother of this new nation. And it says, even by faith, even when she, notice this, she considered, where am I at? And it says, by faith, even Sarah, who was past the childbearing years. You know what? I just want to tell you this morning. If people are, if God is calling you to do something, and you are thinking in your mind, and there's a difference between your heart and mind. If God is trying to get you to do something in your heart, and your mind says you're not smart enough, you're not handsome enough, you're not tall enough, and you can't do it, you know what? He, the devil is a lion to you. Because it's not about what you can do, it's about what you'll let God do through you. That's what it's about, all right? We've seen right here, Sarah, she was too old. But God had other plans. Some of, you, some of you are sinners and you're going to hell. Well, let me tell you, God has another plan. Amen. All right. And it says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, notice this, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had promised. So she was too old. But God enabled her because she considered him faithful of the promise. Faithful of what he said. Let, let, me, let me break it down to you before I close. Very simply, this is what happened. She was too old. She is 90 years old. She is past childbearing years. She was too old, period. This is all there is to it. But God spoke to her. And Abraham and said, you will have a son and his name will be Isaac. And you know what she did? She said, I don't care how old I am now because God just promised to me that I was going to be a mother. <laughs> well, let me tell you what. Yeah, let me, let me tell you what. There are people here today and you know you're a sinner and you know you're going to hell. Well, let me tell you what. God says if you'll receive his son, he will wash you clean and he'll take you to heaven with him. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and come, praise team. You know, there, there's individuals here today 
And you, like I said earlier, you see yourself as not being able to do things and, and you see yourself as being held back because maybe because you was born in Wayne County. The devil will use any lie he can use. Well, let me tell you what. It don't matter where you was born and it doesn't matter about the gifts and the talents that you have. I'll tell you what matters if you want to have a, have a, have a good life and you want to be content and happy. And, it, and this is the same way with your children or your grandchildren or, or you either one. What matters is, is you find out what God's will is for your life. You find out. And the way you do that is by reading his word. And he'll speak to you through his word. And then when, when God starts ministering, talking to you, and, and well, you start taking off that on that path. And you follow him. And the next thing you know, you'll be content with whatever you're driving. You'll be content with your wife. You'll be content with your house. You'll be content with your family. And you'll love the whole world. It's true. It's true. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave. He's a loving God. He loved us so much. He's a loving God. And He gave. He's a giving God. And He wants to see His children walk in His blessings. You see what happened? We just, on the end of that, we just seen how Sarah's faith changed her natural world right that's what we've seen she was too old in the natural but her faith changed that right well you know what Sarah is no different I mean I started off by saying most of you in here today your faith has you've activated faith in your life right now think about this just for a minute Sarah's faith changed her world her natural world right well, just think about where you was before you got saved. Think about where you was before you got saved. Has your world changed any? Has your world changed? How did it change? Because you had faith in Jesus Christ and you chose to follow God. That's how it changes. If we will come to know God, and to love and trust Him through His Word, we will automatically walk in faith. If we will do those three things, if we'll come to know Him through His Word, if we'll love Him through His Word and trust Him through His Word, we will walk in faith. The Scriptures tells us that God wants us to live by faith. I'm going to take two more minutes. <clears throat> I'm sure many of you have heard this. I'm going to give you the short version. Somebody say amen. I knew I'd get one for the days over. Thomas Edison. You know, Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb. Teachers told him that he's too stupid to learn anything. He was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. They just had him in the wrong spot, didn't they? Yeah. That's why some of us are. We're, you know, we're, we're just in the wrong spot. We just need to find out where God wants us. 
As an inventor, Edison made a thousand unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. And when the reporter asked him, how did you fail a thousand times? That would be a good question. How in the world could you fail a thousand times? Edison replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention that took a thousand steps. I said that to tell you this. You are not a failure. You are worth something. It just took a lot of failures to get you to where you are now. And God wants to raise you up. He wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you as a voice. He wants to use you as a shining light upon a hill. Right? Amen. Amen. Now, for those of you that that came up for prayer earlier, we prayed for specific things. And let me assure you, and, and and for everybody that I prayed with, I told you in scriptures to support your faith. Okay? So as you leave today, you thank the Lord for the scriptures and the promises that support your faith that you prayed for, okay? So whatever you came forward for, I encourage you to go home and get your Bibles and look for scripture that support your faith and that will build your faith. Will you do that for me? Amen, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.